an hour of truth for the battered but proud people of the Empire State. From the financial and entertainment epicenter of New York City to the sleeping and empty small cities and towns of upstate, which once bustled with manufacturing, mining, and farming. We all know from inspiration, history, and nature, we deserve a return to the success and growth of generations past, a birthright being squandered by corruption in Albany, and the depredations of an insecure, scheming mountebank posing as governor, who loathes both us and himself. As liberty beckoned to enslaved peoples behind the Iron Curtain via American broadcasts after World War II, we now say, believe, rise, and join us. Welcome to Radio Free New York. Hey guys, welcome to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister, and we've got Bob Savage here with us. Yes, hello everybody. Hello. Oh, oh, I gotta pull the uh, mask down. Yeah. Grab the mask off your face. Right, yeah, right. Yep. Yeah, no, uh, Monroe County is asking everybody to wear masks in public now um, to help you know, slow down the spread of COVID-19 and to just kind of dispel a few myths out there. Um, wearing a mask is not going to prevent you from getting the virus. It, it could reduce it, but by such a small percentage, it's, it's really negligible. However, if you do have the virus and you don't know because you might have the virus for 10 days um, before you even get symptoms, um, wearing a mask can significantly reduce the possible spread of the virus. Um, so Monroe County is asking people to wear face masks out in public. Um, I've been doing that for about two weeks now already. It's really not that bad. It's actually kind of nice because when people see you wearing a mask, they actually stay away from you. <laughs> yeah. well, that's why I don't wear a mask. See, it keeps people away from me. I, I like that effect. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I found when I was wearing a mask, people would stand as far away from me as possible because they thought maybe I was sick. That's why I was wearing a mask. So uh, I think that effect is going to wear down a little bit now that everybody else is wearing one. But um, So it, interesting thing that happened. Um, I, I think both Bob and I have discussed that this was going to happen for probably months now at this point, but maybe not that far back. Um, Bernie Sanders, I think in the last 20 minutes, half an hour, announced that uh, he is dropping out of the presidential race. Thus ending one of the biggest wastes of resources, time, and energy in Mer uh, modern American political history. Yeah, yeah. This right, guy's right never... There with, um, Go who, ahead. Who's that other billionaire guy? I can't really... I've already forgotten. Oh, Bloomberg. Yeah, yeah. See, you, you never remember the losers. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. no, but I mean, look, I mean, at least if he could have gotten like a head of steam and had gotten started sooner, I think Bloomberg might have been able to mount a credible campaign. There is nothing credible about anything Bernie Sanders ever did. Uh, all he does is mouth tired 1960s bumper sticker phrases about uh, Wall Street and the one percent. And it, none of his ideas would have stood up for 30 seconds in any kind of competitive scrutiny, you know, like a debate. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I actually, I agree with you. I think Bloomberg would have done better if he didn't get in the game so late, um, partially because of funding, partially um, because he was a Republican that switched to Democrat. I think he was an independent at one point, too, right? Um, yeah, he's been all he over just, the map. 
Yeah, yeah. He's just been like everywhere. So he he had a little bit of um, you know, crossover, if you will. I don't know if he would have beat Biden or not, but I I think if anybody had a chance, it it certainly would have been him. So, but in in terms of Bernie, we we kind of knew that this was going to happen. Um, we we had discussed it a few times on the show, and and also you know Bernie. You know, despite how awful his policies were, he had a lot of support. You know, he just didn't have enough um, support to mount against um, the party itself. And I think that still really speaks to uh, the Democrat Party, that even they are not ready for democratic socialism. Well, no, because it's an idea that doesn't work, and most Americans understand that it doesn't work, and that they'll never be able to sell it, which is – that was a fundamental, you know, foundation stone of the uh, Sanders campaign is socialism. And he refused, by the way, he refused to recant his uh, previous, you know, commitments uh, to socialism and the fact that he was enamored of it. So that just scared everybody. And, uh, of course, the Democrat Party is not going to get behind an impossible kamikaze candidate like that. Yeah, yeah. And, and you saw that last time around, right, when they, they took Hillary over him. And, and there was a lot of po- party games and politics and backdoor politics going in that. But, I mean, even leading up to the convention, a lot of people stood up in the Democratic Party and said, we cannot have Bernie Sanders as our candidate. We we cannot become the party of socialism, uh, which is kind of ironic coming from some Democrats. But hey, you know, it, at least uh, <laughs> I guess you could say they have some principles, right? They they have something that they're gonna stand on. Well, yeah, so. they've they've, uh, they've committed to extreme left ideology, uh, but that is, I you know, I guess arguably more saleable than Bernie's bumper sticker phrases. And his, sure. I mean, he, the man's a walking caricature. So it, it would have been, as a candidate, as as the nominee, it would have been a disaster for the Democrat Party. But then again, I repeat myself, because most of the candidates, no, all of the candidates being offered up by the Democrats are disaster candidates. Maybe Tulsi Gabbard, but, you know, not uh, not well-known enough. Yeah, no, and actually... Um Tulsi, from my understanding, is still in the race, which I thought she had dropped out, but the news reported this morning that she's still in. Um, so who who knows? I, I did not know that she was still in the race. Um, I did see that she was doing some go-lives and things like that, but I thought that was um, – I, I guess I didn't realize she was still running. So we'll, we'll have to go and look and see where her campaign is, but I, I haven't heard much about it, so I'm thinking – uh, they're, you know, they weren't in a good spot to begin with, um, you know, after Super Tuesday, and and certainly I, I'm sure they're in an even tougher spot now. Yeah, that's it was going to be Biden. Uh, in the case of a brokered convention, Andrew Cuomo could have been ushered in, but it's not going to be a brokered convention now. It's just going to be Biden. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think a lot of New Yorkers, um, specifically those upstate. Uh, we're absolutely terrified about that as a as a possibility that Andrew Cuomo could actually become a presidential nominee because we've seen how destroyed New York State has become with him at the helm. And the thought of him running for president um, is just really gut wrenching and, and terrifying. You know, it's probably more scary than than the virus right now, to be honest. 
Well, yeah, I mean, he has reduced, he has taken the bloody, battered uh, Empire State of New York and has turned it into a smoldering pile of, of you know, burned-out embers at this point. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see that, you know, the, the mass media have been frantically promoting Andy over the last few days uh, for his handling, his, his masterful handling of the COVID-19 crisis. But that seems to be being tamped down now. It seems to be losing ahead of steam because actually his leadership is not proving to be wonderful. There's a high approval yeah. rate. Uh, there's there's uh, high approval ratings uh, depending on the survey that you look at. But I don't think that the conventional wisdom is that this is presidential fodder. No, you're right. In fact, I, I was noticing that the media is starting to turn against Cuomo now because the numbers are coming out and it's showing that the measures that we've been taking here in New York maybe haven't been very effective, maybe actually cause more harm than good. Um, definitely, if you look at the economy, that's the case. But now they're even looking at the infection rate and the death rate and some of these other things. And they're going, whoa, maybe maybe what Cuomo put into effect is actually uh, maybe that was a bad idea. Because they're starting to compare to some of the other nations. They're starting to uh, slow it up versus the rate that New York's going. And they're saying, you know, the jury's still out. But but you start to see even the media is starting to take a shift. Um, and the media is Cuomo's buddies. So, you know, when you even your friends are starting to stab you in the back, um, you, you got to start questioning. Maybe you're taking the wrong approach here. Well, it's very interesting to watch what's going to happen. I, I think you're going to watch this over the next 36 to 48 hours. What seems to be happening is Andy is floating this trial balloon now about to the effect of we've got to get back to work. I don't know if you've picked up mm -hmm. on that or not, but he seems to be saying things like, well, you know, maybe it's going to be a graduated, you know, geographic return to work for people. So, yeah. <laughs> Given our previous experience with Andy and Upstate, we'll probably be the last ones back to work when we should be the first. But uh, it, if he gets positives out of this, that might actually be a good thing for people. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll just have to kind of wait and see. You know, I'm not overly optimistic right now. There's there's still just a lot of data floating around. But uh, what, what we're going to talk about, guys, we're going to take our break. When we come back, we're actually going to talk about the budget blunder. Uh, that passed a couple highlights that I'm pretty unhappy about. You guys are listening to Radio Free New York. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Radio Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. Um, just looking at some of the COVID-19 data here for new york looks like we had over 800 deaths in new york yesterday um which i seem to recall italy was at that number maybe a week or two ago so it it seems like we're we're catching up to them maybe quicker than anticipated and uh i i don't know what that means i don't know if that means we're close to the end or we're just getting started I'm sorry, 800 deaths in a day, and that's where it was a week ago? Is that what you're saying? I think that's where Italy was a week ago, was like they had their first day of like oh, Italy. 861 okay. deaths or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. So, um, But what I really want to talk about, I want to talk about the budget. 
And I, I want to talk about a couple specific items here in the budget. I, I made a brief list for you guys. Um, I have not read through the whole budget. It is 362 pages long. Um, I guarantee you, your legislators have not read through the whole budget when they voted for it. Um, and I got to tell you, I mean, even in the midst of a crisis, New York State legislators have found a way to pad their pockets, protect their special interest groups, um, really screw the taxpayer, and and make sure that they've created legislation through our budget, which I think is like one of the absolute worst things. I think a budget should be nothing more than a budget. It should be what is going to be spent. You shouldn't be creating law with the budget. You shouldn't be creating regulations with the budget. Um, the budget should not be tied to anything. It should simply be money in, money out. That's it. Um, unfortunately, New York State legislators and, of course, legislators across the country have uh, have adopted this whole process that to get the budget passed, they'll tag in all these extra laws and legislation um, to, to get this thing essentially just rammed through. And so you're going to see a lot of things in this budget that the state looked at and said, uh, you know, we don't have a tax for this, so let's just ban it. Or, uh, you know, um, let's let's take this thing. We're not sure about it. We're going to eliminate it. Let's let's take this political agenda. Let's slide it in with the budget, even though it has nothing to do with finance. Um, and so, in my opinion, this is a pretty crappy budget. I mean, it's it's bad. It is not good for New Yorkers. Um, I feel like I say this every year. Like it's it's not changing, and it's certainly not getting any better. Each year, it seems to just get worse and worse and worse. Um, and each year, they just really take themselves as close to the line as they possibly can and they just tiptoe that edge just enough that they're pretty sure it won't get overturned in court but is clearly not the purpose of creating a budget have you uh, gotten into the provisions uh, about firearms no is there is there more firearm stuff in there that, that wouldn't surprise me i guess but it's like new york has taken away so much how much more could they take away from firearm owners at this point uh um, i have not read the provisions but one of our uh one of our wysl family uh up here in rochester has looked up these uh some of these budget provisions essentially because of the uh the, the definition of certain terms. I'm trying to. I'm trying to search here in my mind for which one it is. Ha, having to do with um, uh, bad behavior. Those are going to be. Oh, the, the, that stuff is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, what, what's what's I, the term? I vaguely. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's um people who have misdemeanors in other states can't right. buy firearms in New York. Well, no. It's uh, essentially by this time next year. Uh, what it looks like is about two thirds of the population of New York will be disqualified from owning firearms. Mm. Yeah. That's... So check that out in the budget, and that's that is in the budget, which, by the way, is the new legislative vehicle by the Cuomo administration. The legislature is essentially a ceremonial body right now. All they do is collect big fat paychecks and rubber stamp everything Andrew Cuomo wants to do. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that that's terrible. I I would love to um have any sort of executive, whether it's a county executive, um, governor, you know, federal level, anybody who would stand up and say, I refuse to sign any budget that includes legislation. I mean, that that would just be an amazing step forward um, for any elected executive, any any mayor. um, You know, I would I would love to see that because that's that's something that the American people really need, regardless of where we are. And, you know, like you said, it's just become a rubber stamp legislative session. You know, we'll just cram in whatever we want um, and then we'll just pass it as a budget. And it's it's just terrible. So here's here's a couple items that that went through the budget and then we can talk about each one a little more specifically. Um, And also, I want to welcome you guys who are listening to the show to please feel free to give a call in um, or a comment on the live stream. I see a few of you are on the live stream and you guys are commenting, so I'll definitely check your comments here in a moment. Um, But if you want to call into the show, the phone number is 585-346-3000. Once again, that number is 585 three four six three thousand um would love to have your guys input and feedback on some of these items and and i'm gonna tell you i mean new york state is running a deficit and you guys know if you listen to the show if you know me even a little bit i'm a small government guy i'm a minimal taxation guy i want to see taxes disappear or be as minimized as is humanly possible i want to see government shrink as a result of less spending um we also have a deficit in new york we have a huge deficit we have overspent year after year after year we have massive amounts of debt um and one of the first things they did is they banned flavored vape which is a product that probably generates a ton in sales tax a ton and they even floated ideas of special taxes on flavored vape. Um, so this this could have been a revenue maker for New York. This could have been a path to recovery for some of our terrible, terrible spending. And instead, they banned it. Well, Remington we- Arms and Illion could have made ventilators, too. And they offered that yeah. to Andrew Cuomo, and he ignored them. Yeah, no, absolutely. So this this cry for help from our legislators for things like ventilators, for things like funding for our deficits, they're clearly being stared in the face with answers and turning the other way. Well, it's all about um, ideology. It it's, is. It's not it about is. people being safe from COVID or, or from, from anything else. It's about ideology. Yeah, hundred percent. So I, I've got a huge issue with this on on multiple levels, right? I mean, obviously, my first issue with this is if people want to vape, they should be able to vape. They should be able to do with their body what they want to do with their body. If if there's studies out there that show that it is damaging to your lungs, it can cause issues, whatever. As long as that stuff is public and available, put it on the package, whatever. Just like cigarettes have on the package and alcohol has on the package, disclaimers about the risk that this can post your health, um, people should have the right to look at it and go, you know what? I see what the risk is. I see what the government says the risk is or some independent body says. Um, This is my body. This is my choice. I want to put this in my body anyways. And government should not be involved in that transaction at all. Um, What government has done is is stopped commerce. I imagine there's going to be a lot of vape um, vape shops that close because of this, 
black market vape, which has been the product that has caused some of the vaping deaths, has been black market vape that was not sold through like a standard vape shop, um, that's going to increase. So we're going to see more deaths related to vape. We're going to see more people making significantly unhealthier choices. And we're going to see vape shops go out of business, which means small businesses are going to close down. We're going to have more vacant um, commercial space on our streets, less people with jobs. And on top of that, the, the ones that do survive, they're just going to sell kits so people can make their flavored vape at home. And people so. will drive to Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Vermont, uh, over to Canada and get all the vaping stuff they want. Exactly. And, and I look at this the same way I look at fireworks. You know, New York banned the sale of fireworks. I tell you what, there are so many fireworks in New York State because people just drive to other states, purchase them there, and bring them back. And then 4th of July and other holidays, you'd see people popping off fireworks in every single neighborhood. Um, and then I think it was like a year or two ago, New York State finally wisened up and went, wow, you know how much we're losing? I forget what they said. It was something like $18 million in sales tax revenue that they estimated they were missing out on by not allowing firework sales. So finally, New York State said, crap, all right, you know what? Maybe we should start allowing some of these sales um, so that we can bring in this money. And so I think you can get like smoke bombs and sparklers and some other like small, maybe like little bottle rockets or something now in New York. Um, but the fact of the matter is, if you ban it, you just create a black market. People will just go to other states and spend their money there. Jobs are going to leave our state. Business is going to leave our state. This is a problem. People will, people will get what they want. They, they, will, they will find it. Oh, absolutely. They will 100% get what they want. I mean, look, <laughs> look at illegal drugs. They're everywhere. They're in prisons. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. We're going to take a break. I'll be back in a moment. Listening to Radio Free New York. Andrew, breaking news: <laughs> Andrew Cuomo is doing his his daily infomercial on uh, on TV, and the the graphic that was just up just as we went on the air that what we are doing is working. Mm, working. Who who's working? NY Pause <laughs> plus social distancing is working. And then there's a little graphic, there's a little arrow pointing to a curve that looks like somebody stepped on it. And it says it flattened the curve. Well oh, there okay. well there you go. So That's all you need to know. Flattened the curve. Yeah. Now um it, you know it's interesting cuz I think it was yesterday or maybe 2 days ago. Um today's Wednesday by the way. If uh if if you're at home and you're not sure what today is, today is Wednesday. Uh, normally, we would do White House Wednesday, but I, I really wanted to talk about this budget today. Um, but, it, yeah, a couple days ago, he, he raised the fines in, in New York City, I think. And I don't know if that applied to the whole state or oh, not. Oh, no, it's whole, statewide. 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 Yep. So, yeah, so if you're hanging out with your buddies and you're, uh, you know, the police show up, you could get fined $1,000 now. Mm -hmm. um, 
It's yes. crazy. I just happen to have here, uh, let's see here, a Governor Executive Order 202.14. Let's see, enforcement of violations, directives after April 7th. uh, The fine for such violation by an individual who is participating in any gathering which violates the terms or orders or is failing to abide by social distancing restrictions in effect, in any place which is not their home, shall not exceed one thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, which is interesting because I I saw on one of the Facebook groups I follow here local, um, in in Rochester, that a police report came over the scanner of a gathering of over three hundred individuals at the beach, and police were uh, you know showing up to disperse the crowd. So I, I didn't see any more information than that other than the data that came over the police scanner. Um, but clearly, people don't care, or they don't know, or who knows what. I, I'm not really sure. Um, but if the curve is going down, that's that's great. Um, I, I really hope that that happens. But I'm most worried about our businesses, how we're going to make sure people have jobs after this. Um, and, and also, to be honest, this this budget has got me pretty worried. Um, New York State's running this huge deficit. We're losing a ton of money. Um, and, and New York State, with this budget, is basically taking things that would normally generate tax revenue, taking away things that people would normally choose to participate in that could make them money, and flat out banning it. So it started with flavored vape, um, which I personally don't vape, by the way. I don't vape, I don't smoke, I, I don't do any of that. Um, so it's not like a, a big issue for me personally, but I believe you should be able to do what you want with your body. I believe New York State has essentially crushed small businesses with this. I think we've walked away from a lot of tax dollars from it. And and not just this, fracking is another one. So this budget, um, before I think the ban on fracking was an executive order from the governor. Um, well, this budget codified it into law. So now fracking is banned by law in New York State with this budget, which there's maybe, I don't know, 10 counties in New York, southern tier counties that could have taken advantage of it. Um, those counties could really use the economic boom associated with fracking. Um, and I get it. There's There are some issues with fracking. It should be up to the communities to decide if they want to accept those risks or not. If the financial gain and the prosperity and the economic um, benefits outweigh the some of the potential downfalls. And each community should be allowed to make those choices. Um, and I guarantee you, New York State would have generated plenty of tax dollars off this, whether through payroll tax or income tax, or I'm sure there's a bunch of other goofy little taxes that we're not familiar with on the sale of that product. Um, all that's gone. They They said no. They just said nope. We're going to take those opportunities away from people. We're going to take that choice away from people. And uh, they they certainly didn't stop there. Um, If you are a proponent of marijuana legalization, that's gone again, guys. If you believed Cuomo, which I I doubt most people listening to the show did, 
Um, but in case in case you're there, in case you're one of the listeners that goes, I really thought Cuomo was gonna legalize marijuana. Um, nope, it got tabled again. And you look at other states have made a ton of money on the taxes from marijuana sales. A ton of money. New York State sat there and said, Well, we're not quite sure how we're gonna tax it. And we really like lining our buddies in our donors' pockets by allowing them to be the only farmers in New York State, by allowing only specific distributors in New York State. So we're just going to leave it as is. Um, So once again, just really focused on their donors, focused on the people who are padding their pockets, not focused on everybody else, or even just giving us a balanced budget. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Not, no, not, yeah, not in your yes. wildest dreams. Well, you know, I mean, reasonable minds can differ, I think, about the legalization of recreational pot. I think there's an upside and a downside to the whole thing uh, in terms of safety and, and so forth. But hydrofracking is a technology that's been around for 70 years, and there are no significant objections to hydrofracking <clears throat> in terms of the environment or, I mean, realistically, if you look at even-handed, non-hysterical, non-politically driven uh, data. There's nothing wrong with hydrofracking. It's just 100% ideology being pushed by this administration. Yeah, the the only, I think, uh, you know, and I haven't spent a ton of time researching fracking, but when I did look into it, the the biggest legitimate claim that I ever saw with fracking was noise pollution. They can be noisy. So as long as you do it in a place where people either agree that they can deal with the noise or do it in a rural area, which welcome to the southern tier of New York State, um, th- those sort of things can can really be dealt with, I think. Oh, no question about it. Look, there's a risk-benefit analysis to everything. You know, we, we, we have 40,000 deaths on the nation's highways every year. Are we going to... To eliminate those 40,000 deaths, are we going to limit the speed limit to 15 miles an hour? No, because people need to get where they need to go, because we need to have fresh foods, medicines. Uh, we need to have a flow of commerce. It's, you know, I mean, you can, you can make the, the uh, argument if it just saves one life is completely fallacious. Mm-hmm. Wherever, you, wherever yeah. you apply that, that's, that's the wrong argument, and it, it, it never leads anywhere. No, agreed. And uh, so here we are, New York State, just just kind of banning things. Um, another thing, it looks like they've banned styrofoam containers. Yeah, so, that's, that's been in there. Yep. The styrofoam yep. food containers. Yep. Now, let, let's just talk about the counterintuitive nature of that measure. Uh, what is going on right now? People are going for takeout food. They're going to restaurants and they're picking up food which they're taking home, most of that food is in foam containers. So uh, so now what we're going to do, I mean, it keeps it, uh, it keeps it hot, it keeps it fresh. So now we're going to ban styrofoam containers in favor of paper containers, which are worse on the environment, and which won't keep the food as safely. Well, and I, I didn't see any ban on plastic containers. So I think people use plastic containers, which is very ironic because New York State banned plastic bags. So now we're going to switch from styrofoam containers to plastic containers when we just banned plastic bags. Um, It it just seems really counterintuitive to me. Um, I I think the market should just be able to decide what they want to use. 
um styrofoam is not like a, a big ticket item for me but when i saw that i was like really i i heard nothing about this they they got that in there too um but one one of the big ticket items in here is gonna cost us about a hundred million dollars a year uh money that we weren't spending before uh has to do with campaigns we're gonna talk about that when we come back on radio free new york Free New York. All right. Welcome back to Radio Free New York. I'm your host, Andrew Hollister. We're talking about the New York State budget. And uh, basically, there, there's just a lot of garbage in here, guys. I mean, we're running a deficit. We're, we're spending money we shouldn't be spending. We're um, banning things that could actually bring in sales tax. And we're just, uh, you know, helping out the Cuomo admin donors and, and stuff like that. But we're not taking care of the people of New York. I mean, that's that's really what it comes down to. Um, so so the next thing here on my list is is one that we've talked about a couple times on the show. And it was actually rolled back by a judge, I think, less than 30 days ago, saying that the way it was passed was was out of um, it basically was illegal. So it got rolled back. Well, now they've stuffed into the budget again, but in a different way that maybe it'll stick around. I don't know. But that is public funding of campaigns. So this this is going to be disastrous, guys. I mean, this is literally taking your hard-earned money that comes out of your paycheck in the form of state income tax um, and probably sales tax, too. I'm not sure if they'll be separate buckets or not. And putting a hundred million dollars once again a hundred million dollars of your money to support candidates that may totally misalign with your values i mean your your paycheck can now go into andrew cuomo's campaign fund this is a measure measure by which they want to make sure that no republican ever uh is elected to state office again yeah no absolutely i mean this this is just terrible absolutely terrible we're gonna pay for it 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 totally eliminates your your right to freedom of association because now your paycheck is is being used to support people that you potentially disagree with um this is just terrible now i don't know for sure if this will also if this also includes the the provisions that essentially eliminate third parties parties like the conservative party the libertarian party the green party the independence party working families um it's possible i haven't read through all the data yet but it's possible that this will also eliminate all those parties by the end of this year um which is just just a terrible terrible situation for the people of new york state um, should not be included in the budget whatsoever. And where are we going to get this extra $100 million? We're already, what, I think it was $15 billion in the hole right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just have an extra $100 million to put into people's campaign funds. Absolutely not. This is This is just absolutely terrible. I can't believe that they went ahead and did this. Well, I guess I can believe it, but I, I just am just, I guess, speechless, I guess. 
But don't worry, New York State is going to give something back to you. So here in the budget, they have now made it legal for you to use e-scooters across New York State. Perfect. So, yep. So now your your towns, your cities, your villages, your counties, whatever, um, can now have e-bikes. You can now have e-scooters. So um, I guess that is one positive thing in the budget. Once again, this this shouldn't even be a budget issue. Um, and I know there's a lot of people that really want the e-scooters. I actually think they're pretty cool, personally. So I don't go know out that and buy one. You want an e-scooter? Go out and buy one. Yeah, well, it's it basically allows the rental of them. Um, so so maybe you're going to buy one, maybe not. Um, but it allows the ability to rent them. Um, I have no problem with that, but why would it be in the budget? Why Why did we block it to begin with? Why was it illegal to begin with is the first question. Second question is, okay, it's great that you've made this legal now. Um, you've loosened some things up. We need a lot more of that. But why is this in the budget? Why Why couldn't you just in a legislative session say, hey, we're going to let this happen and just do it? Because that's a and- legislative uh, function and Cuomo can't control it. So he has no interest in that. What he wants is uh, – and by the way, there's provisions uh, in the budget that mandate that when he issues an executive order that the legislature within some finite period of time, it's like 10 or 12 days, have – they have to enact the measure. They have to bring it up for a vote, which, of course, you know, given the the overwhelming Democrat majority in both houses now means that they just rubber stamp whatever he wants. Did you know that? Yeah. Check that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, I, I don't think Cuomo's put up a single thing that hasn't passed at this point. Um, so, so, yeah, this is just terrible. But – there's icing on the cake here, guys, and I don't have the exact number. I thought it was $30 million, but don't quote me on that. I, I want to get the right number for you guys. Apparently, there's a bailout for RCSD in the budget as well. $35 so, $35 bucks. $35 million. There, there you go. So Bob's got the number. Um, and they're already, by the way, the, the, the district is already complaining it's not enough. So the, oh, the, the, they're not going to be, they're going to have to lay people off. So you know what? Lay people off. I mean, that's what happens in the real world. I'm sorry. Yeah, any any other business, that's exactly what would happen. I mean, who raise your hand if you're sick of the Rochester City School District and their never-ending train wreck problems. It's this unmanageable, mismanaged, you know, tear it down, blow it up, let charter schools take over. At least there's Something, some some or, accountability. Or online schools. I right. mean, at this point, we're spending, I think the new number is about $27,000 per student per year. Yeah, so they've been cooking the books as far as the graduation rates now for the last two years. Yeah, and even that's not helping. I mean, their graduation rate is still below 50%, rated the worst in the nation on so many different scales. And and we're spending sometimes three, four times what other districts are spending. I mean, it was uh, it, 19,000 stu- 19, students, 20,000 students in the city school district. They have 500 people in the central uh, administrative offices. 500 people, ladies and gentlemen. That's insane. And most yeah. of these people are, are extremely highly paid. Yeah, there there are. And and you know what else? It, and this is something that I feel doesn't get said too often when this conversation comes up. 
there are actually some absolutely amazing teachers in the school district. That's beside the point. The, the, yeah, of no, course, no, the teachers are fine. But those, they're great. Those people are great. It's it's the administration that's a problem. It's the way they're handling the money that's an issue. And, and we need to fix this. Let's get these great teachers set up to do online classes so that they can really work with the students without the tremendous overhead created by central office and all these extra buildings and these projects and everything. Let's let's cut all the pork out of this. This is it's just too much, especially for the results that we're getting out of the district. It's just it it's not sustainable. They're they're already so far over and New York State is bent over a barrel at this point. I I don't know how we're going to do this. I I don't and you know the one thing I I really don't get is where is the money coming from? Like who who has the ability to lend us the money to keep keep this going? I well, mean, they'll just jack I, up. To, they'll just they'll do what they've been doing for for a generation now, which is they'll just jack up taxes and put it on the middle class, who will promptly leave, en masse, and then that will increase the tax burden individually on the remaining people, and it'll keep going and going and going. It's the express lane to insolvency. Yeah, yeah, and and we've seen this for years, right? People go into Florida. People go into the Carolinas. I I have friends who go to Florida. And there are entire communities of people who have left Rochester and now live in their own Rochester community in Florida and in North Carolina. And and it's it, like people are just fleeing this state. And I tell you what, they're pushing the census really, really hard right now. New York State is going to be in serious trouble when the census numbers come in. We are going to lose representation for sure. Our population is going to be so down. Um, it, it's going to be really bad for New York. And the attitude of the Democrats in Albany is that's fine with us because those are that, that's one less person to vote against me. This is the this is the mindset that they have. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I mean, and that's. <laughs> I don't know how New York, it, you know, it's it's funny. I don't know if you've seen Tiger King on Netflix, but there's this meme floating around on the Internet of, you know, the Joe Exotic saying, I'll never financially recover from this. And I'm just picturing that meme every single time I see something to do with the New York state budget. And just that quote, we are never going to financially recover from this. I, and, I just don't see it. And Cuomo and his ilk don't care. Their yeah, their it, attitude is else's not our problem. We'll just we'll tough it out until there's a Democrat administration in Washington, and then we'll get a bailout. That's what their yeah. attitude. This this is the attitude of Detroit, Michigan, which is exactly what happened with Detroit, and that's exactly what transpired. They toughed it out until Obama became president, and then they got their bailout. Mm. Yeah, and Detroit yeah, and is I, still I the garden you... spot it's always been. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I bet you all these elected officials, once they're done trashing the state, they probably moved to Florida, too. All right, guys, you're listening to Radio Free New York. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow.